Welcome to Spiritual Basics Podcast with April and Jen, a bi-monthly podcast designed to teach the searchers, seekers, and spiritually curious the basics of metaphysics and new thought. They're all about the basics, but they are not basic bitches. Now, here are your hosts, April Dali and Jen Merkel. Oh, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Spiritual Basics Podcast with April and Jen. My name is Jen Merkel. I am a, what am I? <laughs> <laughs> Jen Merkel is having an existential crisis. Please check many, back later. How many times have I said this? I am a transformational life coach and a certified hypnosis practitioner. And you can learn all about me and what I do at my website, jenmerkelhypnosis.com. And my name is April Darley. I'm an emotional strength and confidence coach, and you can find out all about me at aprildarley.com. So April and I had a little adventure a couple days ago. It was fun. Definitely a girl's day. Like we had a nice proper brunch Mm -hmm. and chatted about all kinds of stuff. Then we went bra shopping because both really needed some. That's right. So we took a little field trip to Victoria's Secret in town. Got yeah. measured. Yeah, I hadn't gotten measured in years, I don't think. So it was an interesting experience because <laughs> yeah. here we are just standing in the middle of the store and there's this chick like with a tape measure. She puts a bra on you over your clothes yeah. and just gets really handsy. Like she literally yeah. grabbed my boob and kind of shifted it around. It was like, well, hello. I mean, are you going to buy yeah. me dinner first or what? Well, I mean, normally that stuff is behind closed doors, but COVID, yeah. all the dressing rooms were closed. So unfortunately you got to get all up, up close and personal right in the middle of the showroom floor. So yeah. And I'll be honest though. It, it didn't really bother me because that kind of stuff doesn't bother me too much. Um, but when I felt most self-conscious about being a Victoria's secret is when we were standing over looking at that, those bras, that one that you ended up getting that gray one. And there was a guy there like sifting through the panties. (laughs) He had like his, his pants down halfway down his butt. So his boxers were sticking out, you know, that kind of thing. But I was like, I'm sure he's just buying him for his girlfriend, but still Mm -hmm. it just, he was like right there, like too Mm -hmm. close. Definitely not the six (laughs) feet thing. And I was like, okay, this is weird. He was like my son's age. I was like, oh, I don't know. It was just strange. Because the dressing rooms were closed, if you saw one you kind of liked, you had to try it on over your shirt, yeah. over the bra you're already wearing. So, which isn't going to really tell you how well no. it fits, right? Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, I think I would have tried a few more styles if I could have actually tried them on. Yeah. Um, but we both ended up getting one of their lounge bras. So I don't yes. know if you've had a chance to try yours yet. I have it on right now. What? Yes. I. Love it. Like love it. So good. It's great. Yeah. So earlier on when we were having brunch, you brought up this idea, not idea, but you brought up how you and I are like opposites, Yeah, but we're also similar. And I'm like, you know what we are, we're like exactly the same, except when we're not. And then we're totally different. It is so funny because we just think about so many different things where we have like different ideals or different likes, mm-hmm. different press. I remember you sent me, I think you in my the DMS and in Instagram, yeah. uh-huh. you're like, I feel like this is us. And it showed, I forgot what was it? A, it was, was it? this oh, one witch, cupcake right? 
with completely rainbow swirl, like white cake, rainbow swirl. Sprinkles, sparkles, and yeah, like unicorn mermaid stuff. (laughs) And then the next cupcake right beside it was dark chocolate cake, black icing swirls. And the meme was like, (laughs) my two sides. And I'm like, this is totally us. (laughs) Well, yeah, you're like Morticia. And I'm like, Glenda the good witch. I mean, (laughs) you know, that pretty much sums it up, but we go together so well. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) And the only thing, I mean, I swear if we put our stuff on display and asked our listeners or if we had viewers to go, whose stuff is whose, you know, they would be able to pinpoint it except one thing Yeah, is that Jen collects skulls and I do not. Like yeah, you, I love skulls. Yeah, I like love the sugar the skulls. And, yeah, yeah. and I don't. So mm-hmm. I think if some somebody looked at me and the stuff that I have, they're like, oh, for sure. Skulls, April. She's the, <laughs> she's the spooky witch chick, right? Yeah, gotta be her. But no, Glenda over here is the one who collects the skulls. <laughs> Shocker. I can be, you know, a little spooky sometimes. I'm not all, <laughs> you know unicorns and rainbows, but, but so getting back to the point why I brought that up is because we were going up to the checkout and what did you notice April? We bought the same two bras, but in completely opposite colors. Yeah. My, I bought a gray one, like the gray lounge bra and then a little pink, pretty bra because Mm -hmm. I mean, again, Glinda, right. And you bought the gray, pretty bra (laughs) and the pink lounge. bra. That's right. (laughs) And like, we didn't even plan it. We just get up there and, and April's like, Hey, look, there's another more proof. I'm like, Oh wow. That's so funny. We are completely opposite or exactly the same work. Yeah. Speaking of things that work or don't work today, we are talking about Zodiac love matches. So we're going to go through each Zodiac sign and talk about the best matches and then talk about, you know, one of the worst, or in some cases, two of the worst. So uh, we can just get to it, I guess. Why not? So your sun sign is your personality. This is a basic general compatibility overview. There are so many other aspects that make up who you are and who your partner is and whether you're compatible or not. So this is again, just based on your sun sign, but you could also, you know, kind of read into your rising and your moon sign as well. You know how they all come into play. The data was taken from a really interesting website that I came across. It's called astrology-zodiac-signs.com. And This I really recommend going to this website because what we're going to go through is such a small little blip compared to what they have. So if you want to go and head over there and learn more about, you know, like more detail about your compatibility, it's a great place to start. But at any rate, they put together this data based on uh, six different factors. The first one is sexual intimacy, compatibility, uh, also trust, communication and intellect, emotions, values, and then shared activities and interests. So one thing to keep in mind, you know, you might think that same sign compatibility is going to be high. And that is usually the case, but you also have to keep in mind when you have two of the same signs, they're probably going to bring out the best in each other, but they're probably going to bring out the worst in each other as well. So they're not always compatible. So that's not an automatic You may notice another trend as each of the zodiac signs, they're grouped into elements, right? Earth, air, water, fire, and your opposite element tends to be a pretty strong match. So I'm an earth sign, the waters 
the waters tend to be a pretty great match for me. So you may find some of that pattern repeating throughout. So therefore earth and water are opposite as well as air and fire. So in this case, uh, we tried to get the two best compatible matches, but sometimes there were ties. So you might hear of an additional compatible match or two income or less compatible matches, just so you know, there, there were too close to just pick one. And then a little note about what I found out when I was put, putting together this research, it was so interesting to me because looking at the data and how the percentages all, you know, if you want to really be uh, analytical about it all, because, you know, I'm Aquarius, of course. Um, <laughs> Jen had a lot of fun on this assignment, just to let you <laughs> listeners know. You should see yeah. our show notes with it, oh, no, all no, its no. highlighted colors, percentages. Uh, yeah, pivot tables and all that kind of stuff. No, just <laughs> kidding. Sort of. Um, anyway, so Libra, you would think Libra is a very compatible sign, right? Because they, they, are, they try to keep things fair and balanced and, you know, they are kind of, you know, in the middle and everything, but they are actually, they came down lowest on the scale of combat compatibility. And that's not a bad thing. Like they're at the lowest. It just, for me, what I think that means is that they try too much to be fair. It's kind of like one of those things, like you can't please everybody all the time when you're trying to please everybody, you please nobody. Um, so I just thought that was kind of interesting, but also, there is one sign that had the highest compatibility on the chart, but also the lowest compatibility on the chart. And we're going to talk about all those. One other thing I'd like to mention before we start talking about each sign is if we get to your sign, you like, for example, let's say you're in Aries and you find out what your best matches are, you know, don't necessarily just stop because as we get down the line, one of the other signs might have you for a best match that didn't come up in your top match. So you might want to just kind of make sure that you do listen in to the end. I mean, selfishly, it'd be great if you listen <laughs> to the end because it, right? it's really good for our stats. But <laughs> anyway, um, it's, it really is that does come up a couple of times. So definitely you want to listen to the whole episode to get the whole picture. Plus it's kind of fun, right? So listen, you know, like when I was doing this research, I was like, Oh, you know, I have to think about what my sister's husband and hers are, or like sure. my parents, what they were and, you know, my friends and stuff. So it's kind of cool to learn all about mm -hmm. that stuff. Mm -hmm. So why don't we just go ahead and start right in with the first sign of Aries. Now, the best matches for Aries, the, the top match is going to be Leo. And that came in at 83% compatibility. These are both passionate, strong personalities. They might fight a lot, but that means they're probably going to have really good makeup sex. Aries loves Leo and Leo loves themselves. So they have that in common. <laughs> um, they're both strong sun signs that really understand each other emotionally. They have similar values. And also they're both fire signs, which means it's going to be a wild ride. And there will probably rarely be peace in their relationship, but uh, they might need to fight for it too. But it'll last if they can, if they really enjoy that type of excitement. It's one of those that's never going to be a dull moment. <laughs> Um, also two other signs that are like the next two down are Aries and Gemini and Aries. Again, we're doing, we're talking about Aries here. So Aries, Aries is 75% compatible. They are, uh, strongest with shared values and interests of all the categories. So they're really straightforward and clear, and they appreciate that about each other. 
they're very active and outdoorsy, warm, passionate, and adventurous. So they have all those things in common. This is one of those rare cases where the sign sign compatibility is going to be right on. Um, and then, you know, coming in at this, that close second also is Gemini and that's 74% compatibility. Aries loves sex and Gemini is very playful in the bedroom. They're the Gemini is the playful sign. So, you know, that, that can say a lot about what's going on in the bedroom. Gemini is the communication sign. So there could be a lot of talking dirty, really sex is probably the best part of this relationship and keeping it good means keeping an open mind and releasing their inhibitions. Um, there might be a few trust issues there because Aries sometimes will form an attachment to their partner and Gemini likes to be free. So there may be a little bit of that there but both signs really love adventure and that's, what's probably going to keep them together in the long run. So worst matches for an Aries, your worst match, according to this website and our research is Pisces, only 29% compatibility. So Aries and Pisces have trouble connecting and just really have trouble understanding one another. Pisces prefers this dream world. They like to stay where they're comfortable, but Aries is all about action, movement, and pushing boundaries. So that's not going to work too well for this laid back Pisces. So Aries likes to push and Pisces with any weak boundaries are just going to crumble and be really uncomfortable. So in the end, Aries will view the Pisces as too mild and unable to keep up with them. And a Pisces will most likely view the Aries as a little too much to handle. So I also want to mention just on a different site I researched that cancer came up as a as a one of the worst matches for Aries as well. And it's much the same as Pisces because Cancer is very uh, gentle and emotional and Aries is probably going to dance all over that just like they they do a Pisces. So honorable mention worst match Cancer. All right, now we have Taurus, which I am team Taurus. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, this actually Taurus came up as the most loved sign by the data, most compatible with so many <laughs> others. So who knew? Yeah. <laughs> Victory dance, two snaps for Taurus. Whoop, whoop. All right, so Taurus out there, your best matches are Cancer at 91%. So Taurus and Cancer are both homebodies and they want a close bond with their mate. Like Taurians love to feel loved and be loved. And since both Cancer and Taurus are nurturing signs, as long as there's this equal give and take, then this is a great match. So sidebar here, my last boyfriend was Cancer mm -hmm. and there was not that equal give and take. So in that case, th that particular cancer was not a great match for this Taurus. So it does need to have that equal give and take to be a great match. Uh, generally, both cancer and Taurus have this desire for stability, like stable family, stable home, and they have a shared outlook on their values, which is one reason why this tends to be so strong. But neither one of those signs are particularly adventurous. So this match can become a little boring and stale if there's not an effort to spice things up. So next is Scorpio at 89%. So Taurus and Scorpio are both considered sexual signs and they're the opposites on the zodiac wheel. So they're naturally attracted to each other. Sidebar, my second ex-husband, Scorpio. <laughs> So both of these signs can be a little possessive 
So they want to feel wanted and this pairing will definitely do that and their love may be intense, but because of this intensity and that possession tendency, it can lead to jealousy and this pairing may have to dial that down just to avoid some trouble. Taurus does love to communicate and Scorpio is the secret keeper. So communication can be a little bit troubling for this pairing as well. Third up is Capricorn at 89%. So Capricorn and Taurus will share some important values like a strong worth, work ethic, honesty, and feeling accomplished when a job is well done. In terms of intimacy, Capricorn won't always give a Taurus the validation that they need, so there can be a little trouble there. But sexually, the two are pretty compatible because Taurus brings that sensuality and Capricorn brings the stamina. Woo. So since Capricorn mm. works a little too hard and Taurus is the queen of relaxation, they can help balance each other out in this way. So on to worst matches, since we're talking about exes, I mean, you're two of your exes just came yeah. up. Well, guess what? My ex was a Taurus and mm -hmm. the worst match for Taurus Aquarius, yeah. of course. So, uh, now again, it wasn't really, I mean, I was married to him for almost 25 years. It mm -hmm. wasn't all horrible, but, uh, yeah, according to the data, Taurus is not the best match with Aquarius. Taurus is slow and steady and safe, and they might see Aquarius as being unpredictable, unstable, or even crazy. And Aquarius might view Taurus as boring and stubborn. Um, the values are completely different for these signs. Again, generally speaking, Aquarius loves its freedom and change. And Taurus is always seeking stability and safety. So they can complement each other if they find a way to combine Aquarius's, you know, vast ideas with Taurus's tendency to be a practical realist. So if you are an Aquarius and Taurus match with your partner, that, that doesn't mean all doom and gloom, but, uh, again, those are by the data, just not the best. <laughs> I agree. Like I, one, another one of my exes was an Aquarius, right? I feel like we're going down the exes list. The X is greatest. That hit. is that is funny because it's like you got two good and one not so good in there. But you know, here you're a Taurus and I'm an Aquarius. Now we're not yeah. talking about love matches here, but we have a great friendship. So oh yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. Taurus and we're not talking about the same type of compatibility. Yeah, the same type of compatibility. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I have several Aquarian friends and I need Aquarian friends in my life as a Taurus because of the ability to think outside the box and to push me to try new things and to think in new directions. So friendship wise, you guys are in my top three of, of friends that I like to have. So yay. Awesome. So next moving down the line, we're going to talk about Gemini. So Gemini the best match for Gemini is Sagittarius. It's actually the highest match on the board. This was the highest scoring at 92%. These signs just really understand each other when it comes to relationships. This is the couple that you really want to hang out with because together they're going to bring out all the fun and happiness. Uh, Sagittarius is, searches for truth and meaning. And that is fed by Gemini's great ideas. Their relationship will be built on strong intellectual connection, which will lead to a deeply emotional lasting love. However, both signs are prone to being scared off by big emotions. So if they can set that fear aside, they will definitely be a fantastic match. Also coming in at 85% for Gemini 
is Aquarius. Now, this is interesting because my uh, my first ex-husband was a Gemini. <laughs> he had a lot of other issues. So, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that uh, the compatibility is here is not really that crazy. Um, Aquarius has these grandiose ideas and loves being uninhibited. So Gemini's communicative and playful qualities are really a great match where Gemini may lose interest in other signs. Aquarius likes change. They like to keep things interesting. So Gemini loves that curious Gemini, Gemini. However, since they're both air signs, there might be a lack of emotion or compassion in their relationship. Air signs can be distant and kind of closed off. So that's something that might need to be worked on in order for a relationship like this to last long-term. Worst match, we've got Pisces at 10%. That's the lowest compatibility on the board. One of the most problematic parts about this relationship is they're very different ways of dealing with emotions. So Gemini is pretty rational. It's an air sign, very logical. Pisces is a hopeless romantic. It's a water sign. So superficially, they may seem great at parties, probably really creative, got a lot to say, but overall, they just don't share those same goals or core ideals. Now, as we move on to cancer, your best match at 95% is when you another cancer. So cancer, cancer match. So when you pair these two emotional signs together, the love life is full of intimacy, but it could be a little on the vanilla side. And these two may have to make an effort to spice things up and make sex a priority. A double cancer match will definitely make home and family a priority. And it is said that cancers are sort of the natural parents of the Zodiac. So family is going to be pretty important. Since cancers can be emotional or moody, a cancer partner will understand their partner's need for space and also when they need a shoulder to cry on. Next best best match is a Taurus at 91%. And we've already discussed that Taurus cancer match earlier. So the worst match for cancer is Gemini, and that's at 21%. Uh, These signs are very friendship compatible, but as romantic partners, not so much. Cancer might try to hold Gemini back or wish they were something else that they're not. Gemini might have difficulty listening and cancer is someone that needs to be heard and understood. So there's just a lot of things that don't jive with these two signs. Okay, so now we are going to talk about our friend Leo. The best match for Leo is Aquarius at 89%. There is very high compatibility in sexuality and intimacy, also communication and intellect, and also emotions and interests. So they just have so many different aspects that they're compatible with. Um, These signs might battle it out at first, but if they do play fair, then they're each going to learn something valuable about themselves and each other. Their relationship would be the strongest if they have a common cause they can fight for together. So something that's like a social cause or something that benefits the world community. So the next best match for Leo is Aries at 82%. And we have already talked about that relationship. So when it comes to worst matches for Leo, we've got Pisces at 14%. A relationship between these two signs is going to be plagued with misunderstanding. So they just work and think differently. They have a hard time understanding each other's point of view, and this can lead to mistrust. 
And Leo is very passionate about what they're doing. And Pisces takes a really low-key, chill kind of approach. Leo tends to have an open, direct approach in the bedroom, which will go against Pisces' natural sensitivity. Leo also has a tendency to call out their partner's shortcomings, and that could be considered aggressive by sensitive Pisces. Now we've got Virgo. Virgo best matches at... 86% is a Pisces. And when I first saw this one, I was like, yeah, how can this be right? But as I got into the details, I'm like, you know what? I can see it. (laughs) So as opposite signs on the Zodiac wheel, these two are naturally attracted to others, each other. Pisces can help Virgo relax and tap into their artistic side, while a Virgo can offer Pisces the grounding that they need. As in Pisces tend to be super intuitive, they can show Virgos how to listen to themselves and stop doubting every move they make because Virgos do tend to be a little bit uh, perfectionistic at times and Pisces can sort of help you relax. But the strength of Virgos being so organized is that they can show a Pisces how to make the most of their talents so that they reach their greatest potential. Next match is a Cancer at 77%. These two have the potential to be a major power couple. So they're both concerned with humanitarian pursuits and should work well together on projects that they're both passionate about. Safety, security, and trust are important to both signs, and they'll make an effort to provide it for each other. However, frustrations in communications can arise because Cancers tend to keep what they're thinking and feeling on the inside, while Virgos just prefer to get everything out out in the open. And finally, we've got Capricorn at 77%. So although a Virgo and a Capricorn may be a little shy together at first, when they do finally open up, it's a really solid relationship that they both can trust. Because they're both earth signs, their values are aligned, and they understand each other easily. This relationship can be intellectually stimulating, but both partners will have to work on being emotionally vulnerable with each other. All right, now on to the worst matches for Virgo. There's actually a tie, both at 30%. Um, interesting, one is my sun sign and one is my moon sign. So <laughs> I need to stay away from Virgos. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's Libra coming in at 30%, uh, mostly incompatible intimately and emotionally. Virgo is pragmatic and rational where Libra tends to try and fit into what they think their partner needs. So eventually a Libra is going to want to be true to themselves. And that's going to just, you know, cause a lot of problems there, especially issues around respect and mutual understanding. And so Aquarius also coming in as a worst match for Virgo at 30%. Virgos need to be neat, tidy, practical, and controlled. And that's everything that Aquarius avoids. So to a Virgo, Aquarius might appear unreliable, irresponsible, and unrealistic. Just kind of like when we talked a few minutes ago about how Taurus was was an Aquarius, it's going to be pretty much the same with Virgo, Mm -hmm. both earth signs. So now moving on to Libra, this, uh, I had already talked about how this sign seems to have the least compatibility where there's so many that are up in the nineties. The highest one for Libra is in the seventies. I was super shocked by that because because I've always thought that Libra, because they are about balance, they would balance out any partner. And in my mind, I was like, oh, Libra's 
can probably match with most anyone. So I was really surprised by that. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I think my theory of just, you know, trying to balance and be fair, you know, you can't be fair with everybody. Not You're never going to make everybody happy. And I think that's what something that Libras struggle with, you know, just as part of that being their sign. So Gemini comes in at 78% as the best match for Libra. Gemini is about duality and Libra is about balance. So they're similar, but not quite the same. Despite being flirtatious, Libra is generally very loyal to their partner and has great trust for them, unless the deception is blatantly obvious. Gemini is not threatened by Libra's need to flirt with others. And Libra might need some alone time. And it could be hard for Gemini to understand this since they are naturally drawn to be in a pair. So if you're one of those relationships, just know, you know, your partner might need that from you. So the second best sign for Libra is Leo at 70%. Both are very competitive signs. So if they keep it at a healthy competition, everything should be great because they can use this to grow better, stronger, and smarter. Libra does need to take care that they don't judge Leo or have set expectations about Leo's behavior because Leo is going to be Leo. (laughs) You can't stop that train. No way. So who would want to besides, (laughs) you know, it's a Leo's world and we just live here. That's usually how it goes in the Zodiac stuff, right? All right. So worst matches for Libra comes it's cancer at 28%. So they just want different things. I mean, cancer wants a responsible partner that will compliment them in their practicality. Libra is looking for an energetic partner with a zest for life and actively exploring their ideas. So both signs are very drawn to romantic relationships. So if they do go together, then it will be very difficult to break up. And I do remember reading somewhere that Libras do better when they're coupled up. So I can see how that fair and balance that can lead Libras to stand in relationships longer than they probably ought to. So I can see that. All right. Next up, we have Scorpio and best matches for Scorpio is Taurus at 89%. And we've already talked about that when we touched on Taurus. And so next we have Pisces at 81%. So these are both water signs. So being emotionally involved with our partner is incredibly important. The strength of this match may depend on their individual upbringing. So if both partners are willing to commit to honest and open communication, then this pairing can work well. So remember, Scorpio is the secret keeper and Pisces is the dreamer. And if they keep secrets or escape into this fantasy world because they had dysfunctional upbringings, then that can be a hard bridge to overcome. But Pisces can help soften those hard edges of a Scorpio, while a Scorpio can help Pisces set boundaries. And these two understand how deep things can get and aren't afraid to dive in deep with each other. All right. So the worst match for Scorpio, poor Gemini. <laughs> wah, wah. Wah, I have wah. to say, you know, I actually counted and Gemini appears as the worst match for four of the signs. Oh dear. <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting. Uh, am I, do I remember correctly when you said your first husband was a Gemini? Yes. My first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My first husband was a Gemini too. Mm-hmm. So again, people were either exactly the same, totally opposite. <laughs> 
but poor Gemini want womp. I know. Well, here's the thing again, Libra was the one that had the least good mm-hmm. matches. Gemini has the most poor matches, but right. there's still someone for everyone in this world. And, you know, we already talked about Gemini's best matches and, you know, Gemini had the highest best match. They also mm-hmm. had the lowest, but then again, <laughs> that's a true Gemini thing, right? right? To have the highest it's, and the lowest. This is duality. Gemini. Yeah. So anyway, they come in at 15% with Scorpio. Gemini is just really playful and they might find Scorpio just be too depressing and dark where Scorpio is so emotional. They seek depth in a relationship that Gemini just might not be able to give them. So moving on to Sagittarius, the best match for Sagittarius is Gemini at 92%. See, yay, Gemini. Go for it. Gemini, we are. Uh, We already talked about that match, but the second best for Sagittarius is Aquarius at 83%. So both of these signs are huge on intellectual conversations. They might talk or debate for hours on end once they find a mutual topic of interest. So I can imagine a first date that starts at 8 p.m. and goes to like 2 a.m. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, expeditious Aquarius and passionate believer Sagittarius make a very productive match. So they might be really good business partners or any project they work on together is probably going to be successful. Both signs are rational, but neither is very emotional on the surface. So stability may take a while to be established here. They're both very optimistic and they place a high value on honesty, freedom, open-mindedness, intelligence, and vision. So again, really good match together. Yeah. I love me some Sagittarius. Mm -mm -mm. They are not a good match for Taurus. So all you Taurus lists (laughs) out there, just so you know, they aren't, they didn't make the list of the worst, but they're not, but I love me some Sagittarius. They are fun. They're one of the most fun signs to be hanging out with for sure. They are. So the worst match for a Sagittarius is cancer at 27%. So seductive Sagittarius, and that's one of the reasons I love them, y'all. They're romantic and seductive. They have a need to roam. And historically, uh, I remember reading that Sagittarius usually gets the most promiscuous sign of the Zodiac as well. Mm -hmm. But they often have a lot of lovers or they're just keeping it casual and Uh, They possibly have this desire to this conquer a multitude of attractive lovers. And this goes against cancer's need for stability and they want their person. And that can lead to some disharmony and distrust. So as we move on to Capricorn, the best matches is Taurus at 89%. And we talked about that earlier. And second best is Cancer at 84%. So Cancers need someone to understand them. And Capricorn is very patient when it comes to what matters to them. Both of these signs are a little slow to trust, but they don't have any issues once there's been an established pattern and proof of trustworthiness. So there's a good give and take between sharing each other's lives, but still allowing for personal freedom. Cancer is the family sign and will appreciate the stability that Capricorn works hard to provide. Now where Capricorn is concerned, the worst match is guess who our friend Gemini (laughs) Capricorn is very practical and serious and may view Gemini as aloof. Uh, Playful Gemini might find Capricorn to be a bit of a bore. So both signs have tendencies to be unemotional. And so a long lasting connection, you know, might really be a challenge for this couple. 
Moving on to the next sign, we have Aquarius and the best sign for Aquarius is Leo at 89%. We've already talked about that match. And then for Aquarius, also the best sign is Gemini at 85%. And we've talked about that before, but here again, we have Gemini in one of the top. So again, in true Gemini fashion, we have the best of the best and the worst of the worst. So, right. you know, definitely Gemini. And we've beat it to death, but that worst match for an Aquarius is the Taurus, y'all. It's at 11%. Yes. And we talked about it earlier. Stay it's away. If, if you're one of those signs, just stay away from the other one. Just do us right? all a favor. No, just kidding. Right. <laughs> Whenever kidding, I hear kidding. a couple say, oh, we're Taurus and, a, and Aquarius, I'm like, oh, dear. How's that working out for you guys? <laughs> you know? And it can work, but boy, it's going to be an interesting ride. Finally, last but not least at all, we've got Pisces. And Pisces, your best match is a Taurus at 88%. So Taurus and Pisces are two signs that value pleasure and they know how to bring it into their lives. Because Pisces can be idealistic while Taurus is practical, they benefit each other by adding a little bit of what the other's missing. Since Taurus is ruled by Venus, the planet of love, and Pisces is an emotional water sign, these two will enjoy the feel-good vibes for as long as possible. Plus, they both appreciate beauty in their own way. Second best is Virgo at 86%, and we talked about that earlier. And the worst match for Pisces, as we've mentioned before, is Gemini. So poor old Gemini, but um, anyhow, that uh, pretty much sums up our list of best and worst matches by Zodiac. And we hope you guys learned something about yourselves and your relationships and your partners, your past partners, and you kind of know what to look for, for your future partners. Of course. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And there's a lot of stuff that can go into this, you know, it's what sign is your Venus in, you know, what's your moon yeah. sign, all these things sort of matter, your upbringing, you know, how you got damaged as a child. Right. Yeah. Matters. I mean, Mercury is about communication. Venus right. is about sex and love. So there really is a lot more to it than just your sun sign and even your moon and ascendant. But yeah, so really interesting stuff. So love Bella it. agrees, apparently. Yeah. You can hear my dogs chiming in. I wish I knew what their birth charts and <laughs> were, you know, for karma, right? Yeah. Karma is a Leo sun sign. I don't remember what her moon and rising are. She was born on my half birthday. So my birthday mm -hmm. is January 30th and hers is July 30th. Yeah. So, but then, you know, that Aquarius Leo, those are opposite signs, right? right. So that's yeah. why those came up Natural. as really, you know, really yeah. good signs for each other too. So I've got a street here. dogs. Yeah. No idea what they are. <laughs> So thanks guys so much for joining us for this episode. We really appreciate you. Please uh, make sure that you give us a like or share or rating, whatever you can do to support us. We really appreciate it. You can contact us, send us your questions or show suggestions at spiritualbasicspodcast at gmail.com. We really love to hear from our listeners. So please do reach out. Thanks again for joining us and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye. This has been Spiritual Basics Podcast with April and Jen. Find full episodes on your favorite listening platform or visit spiritualbasicspodcast.com.